This episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Whether you need a domain name, website, or online store, make your next move with squarespace.com slash co-optional. Gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. Oh, no. You're not in it. You're not in I'm the podcast. Sorry, we can, we can You're not in the podcast. I'll move a bit over here. There we go. A bit more in the podcast. There we go. Welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about a cloud of angry bees. That's apparently what my That's what we're discussing little currently. thing over here. Yeah, I mean, TwitchCon was basically a cloud of angry bees, so no real problem with that. Actual, yes. Indeed, indeed. Well... It's hard to know exactly from the chat whether or not anything they say is accurate about Mike. It's like the mic is fine, it's just different. Mm. It's it sound is Yeah, fun. somebody really. said potato mic and I was like, well, I doubt it's I doubt that I is doubt in it's any a way true. Legitimate I mean, potato I mic. did test it three minutes ago, so I think that is highly unlikely. But regardless of that, yeah. It mic is fine, mic is fine, indeed. mic is fine, the mic sound is fine. Is fine. It's just different. Yeah, because I can't bring yeah. my entire studio set up on a plane. Funny how that works, what? isn't it? What? That's nonsense. Yeah, it's funny how that I works. I did realize after we got all of this set up that Gerard did bring in another nice mic that we could have plugged in. Nah, it's <laughs> fine. We'd need to stand <laughs> for it and everything, so. It's true. I mean, there is, there's, it's on, it's on a set. It doesn't yes, sound the same. Yeah, of fine. course it doesn't sound the same. Of course it doesn't. You're going to have to deal with it because there's just the two of us here. It's Jesse true. It's off down under in a land down Dan under. Down under. <laughs> he is very much gone to Australia. Mm. She'll be... I can't imagine how it's going to go. But I think... I've that's never a, been. It's country so... that will suit him, I think. I mean, Jesse loves to see the new sights and meet the new people. So he's excited to go to Australia. Um... I feel bad because I know I have a lot of Australian viewers and they are fully aware that when I think of Australia, I think of giant versions of things that we have here that will kill me. <laughs> so, yeah, drop bears, which, many drop bears. That's a, that's a yeah. major issue in Australia. You've got to watch out for that. A lot of snakes, a lot of spiders, you know. Small but I'm rodents. sure it's lovely there. I'm sure it's yeah, an incredible place to visit. It's outside just that, that in America, fine. really all we hear is there's really big versions of terrifying things. Yeah, so. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Fairly sure that's how it works. Yeah. Man, TwitchCon. Speaking of terrifying. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of uh, large versions of terrifying things. Things indeed. Yep. TwitchCon just happened. Third annual TwitchCon, if I recall correctly. Yes, there have yep. been three. I didn't go to the first one. I did not either. But I did go last year as a guest, and I was there as a guest again this year. Yep. So how do you feel it was compared to last year? Because I wasn't there. This is my first TwitchCon, so I don't have any frame of reference so the biggest difference honestly was and i guess they had like double the people so just in general it was bigger overall but um last year it was very easy to navigate the floor like very very easy to know where you were there yeah. was lots of breathing room right you knew ah over here is where all of the like 
peripherals and widgets and extensions are for your stream and yeah. ah, over here is where all the games are and over here is you know blah 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 um it was very easy to find things yeah. but i think this year it felt much more like a pax like yeah it was, the, it was dark it was and there a were a lot of people and it wasn't super easy to know where anything was i wouldn't say that i got lost necessarily but there were like specific things that I would use as frames of reference. Like, ah, there's the meetup area, which means the door is that way. Yeah, because that's <laughs> like, that was where the route to get to the theaters was mm. to access these kind of stairs. And then you had the glitch theater, which I think was in a different building entirely. I was never there. That was like the major theater. Yeah. But it, uh, I don't know. It's it was it was a little tricky to get around. I have to admit, mm -hmm. like they could have probably done something to make it make a little bit more sense. Yeah. I, I understand that that with a lot more people, they wanted a lot more things to do. And I'm sure with the first two being, you know, pretty successful, they had a lot more companies approaching them saying, we really want a booth at the next TwitchCon. That, yeah. um, and so, you know, it's it's growing pains, I'm sure. But yeah. it did feel much more like a normal con. It did, yeah. It's, I'd, I wouldn't have said upon going there if I didn't know what it was that it was a con about streamers. Like... Mm. Because there were, there were most of the stuff on the floor was basically game exhibits, you know. But yeah. whoever had the most money to get the biggest booth, you know, Lineage mm -hmm. had a huge amount of huge presence there. They got Conan O'Brien in. They were throwing he, money all yeah. over the place. Uh, I I would say yeah, the biggest booths were like the H1Z1 arena and yeah, stuff big. like that. Yeah, which, that had its own room, which yeah. did focus on like streamers competing so yeah. in that way they did try to keep it still focused on like streamers right yeah but, yeah totally um, it was kind of an all-star battle royale wasn't it and mm -hmm. uh, they both got pretty good views i heard both the PUBG event and the h1z1 event both went over a hundred thousand concurrence mm -hmm. which is impressive i gotta say like h1z1 looks a lot better than i remember yeah i was uh, watching a little bit and i was like huh that looks a lot slicker, a lot faster, something I might actually give another try. Because mm. when I first played it, it was junk. Right. Absolute junk. But they have had a lot more dev time on it than I guess PUBG has. So that probably helps. Right. We'll see. You know, there's there is a, there's still a player base for that game. I know a lot of it's a Chinese player base. I was looking at the Twitch stats and also looking at the Steam stats. And there's a time of day where the player base just goes... Right. I'm like, that's when China's asleep. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that that actually makes a lot more sense than I thought, but right, yeah, it, it was it looked pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, Warframe had a nice presence there as well, which is not unexpected. You know, it's a right. game they're pushing a lot on streamers right now. You know, I've streamed it. I took a sponsored deal from them happily. You know, I'll happily take the money. Their game's fun. Yeah. So well, they've they've got a they've got a thing going currently where you can uh, connect your Twitch account to your Warframe account. And if you have the game open while you also have streams open, you can get if, drops. If yeah, if the streamer that you're watching gets achievements, then you get loot drops. Yeah. Um. So it's like caused this really like if you watch, I don't know if it's still going today. It's but still happening. I think. Is it okay? I know that yesterday it was really really bizarre to look at Warframe in like like the game category. Um, because it would be people who didn't have a very big following but had crazy viewership because what they were doing is going up until a certain level, deleting their account, and starting over huh, really? because they would get, like, 
rapid that achievements seems right at the beginning. highly exploitable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly how the system works, but uh, the whole have loot drops when you're watching a stream is something that a couple of games have tried doing. I know Dota did it, which obviously helps. I mean, it's a, it's a good enough system. If you're going to watch the streams, getting freebies from it seems like a pretty good idea to me. Yeah. I think so. Elder Scrolls Legends does that as well, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a good way to kind of encourage people. I've I've got way too many drops in uh, that fucking game, uh, <laughs> uh, in Warframe. That is, I'm just I'm drowning in them. I it's went back there and had so many blueprints, like so 800 many. emails of like, you got a mod because someone signed up using your link. You got this. I'm like, I'm not complaining. I'm drowning in platinum. I can buy whatever I want. Right. Uh, but you know, they they have. It's a pretty fun game to watch in mm. general because it. Is you just murdering the shit out of a lot of people in a I, cool way? Honestly, it blows my mind watching that game that it's free. Yeah. That it, game looks incredible considering that it's a free game. Yeah. They have worked Blow quite hard mind. in it. You know, I remember my first video from like five years ago. The game did not look anywhere near as good as it does. Well, you said it's like a seven year old game. Yeah, it is. Game? Yeah, about six or seven years old. They have been continually just building upon it and building upon it. And there's good things about that and there's bad things about that. When I came back to it, I was lost. Completely right. lost. And they changed some stuff. I didn't know about it. There's the game does a really poor job of explaining stuff that's changed and also then directing you, like giving you a shove in the right direction. Particularly this new, uh, so they've got this new big concept, the Planes of Eidolon is their big centerpiece content, right? And it's this open world thing. And I had no idea how to get there. The right. only reason I knew how to get there, I don't think there's even a quest that takes you where. The only way I knew how to get there is because the subreddit told me where it was. <laughs> right. like, so like, that's kind of ridiculous yeah i know that uh sam and gmart started playing it just a couple of days ago for the very first time and uh they very quickly realized like we need chat to help we us because yeah. it's I... so overwhelming at totally this true. point there's so much and they just drop you in and they don't like yeah it, it's one of those situations where it's like cool well what do i do and the game's like whatever you want buddy and it's, <laughs> it's like, like uh, okay that's not super helpful to when i'm trying to learn the yeah, game yeah the main problem with that you know the whole whatever you want thing is that well they have a quest called the second dream which everybody is very like there's the community for this game is very friendly and they're also very anti-spoiler right. like you've got to play the second dream for yourself there's some crazy stuff that goes on oh we don't want to ruin it for you but you've got to do the second dream to unlock a certain system which lets you hurt the stuff that appears at night on the plains of eidolon but the only reason i know that is because chat told me right so like if i ran in at night saw these guys shot them and nothing happened i'd be like what the hell is going on i don't understand this game at all right uh, yeah and I, i've said this to the devs you know i went up to the devs at twitchcon and i said you know they're very thankful because apparently my old youtube video is what actually kick-started their game for them in a big way like that they were not doing well before that and lots of people get interested in that and they attribute a lot of the success to that video spawning a bunch of other videos on other people's channels, everyone getting interested in it, Aww, and it kind of snowballed. Awesome. It's cool, you know, because yeah. it's a great game. Uh, but I said, that, look, it's like, I understand you, you love adding cool stuff to this game, but holy shit, like, step back for a few months, look at the perspective of a new player and a returning player, and find out a way to direct them in the right direction yeah. in some way. Like, yeah. whether it be through questing, whether it be through, here's things that have changed since last time, something because again i'm just mostly playing based on what chat's telling me to do at this yeah. point it seems like it's an awesome game though it, it really like it watching it really does make me want to try playing it yeah you know the game is essentially a, a, you know it's a grind the game is the grind right. but the grind is 
chopping people up into tiny little pieces with really awesome weapons. And like any weapon or frame you can imagine, including like a Dance Dance Revolution-like frame <laughs> that where you play your own music and that causes things to happen, right. that exists. Uh, it's like any weapon you can imagine, this game probably has it. And you can level it up, make it more powerful, make it shoot lightning, make it do crazy shit. And that's the fun part of it, because I don't think the combat ever really gets old in that game. Uh, it's stylish, it's fun, you feel like an absolute monster. It's a big power fantasy, you know? Mm. The idea they seem to have is like, let's make everything OP in that game. Right. It's like Dynasty Warriors, only more interesting to me. And free. Gotcha. And awesome. And free. Yeah. Guys, seriously, just go and look at, like, Google image search this game. And I think that you'll be blown away that this game is free. It absolutely blows my mind. And if you watch the streams, like, it looks really good. It's yeah. not like it only looks good in screenshots. It looks yeah. really good just in general. Oh, yeah. The, the aesthetic, so. the engine runs really well. It, the particle effects are almost over the top at some times. You know, I have a cape that's on fire and wings and all sorts of other crazy shit. I just grabbed a bunch of their Halloween stuff. They're this really cool cape. And a, they've got a pumpkin helmet. So you could run around in that. Amazing. Uh, I think like playing Fashion Frame is like the best thing about that game. Every MMO at the end of the day <laughs> yep. boils down to yep. like, how do I look fucking cool while I'm how shredding awesome. through shit? Yep. <laughs> That's like the goal, right? Yep. And you don't have to pay for three packs of shaders. Like Yay. hell, shaders in that game are super, super fucking cheap. And you could buy a whole pack of them and they're there permanently. So. Right. Yeah, you can color everything, like every single individual element. Like, you want to color this weapon, you want to color the hilt of the weapon, you want to change primary, secondary, tertiary colors. You could spend hours just messing around with that. Mm -hmm. you know. And as much as like it's technically not an MMO, whatever that really means these days, which is not much, you know, it's still often about hanging around the public area, showing off your cool combinations and all your crazy shit. It's, it's, a, it's a very, very good game. Mm. There's no doubt, you know. And I've been saying that for years, and... Now I'm happily accepting their money, you see it. So there you go, full disclosure. I got Perfect. no problem with that. You know, that video paid for my wedding anniversary. You hey. know, we're, we're heading to Vegas and you and Stripper joining us for that, which is going to be fun. She's never been to Vegas. Never this been. is going to be great. So I know unfortunately, we're going to completely ruin her view of Vegas. So. <laughs> well, fortunately, you and Jenna, like the way that you enjoy Vegas isn't let's go and just get fucking destroyed every yeah, night. Yeah, we don't do that, it's, no. It's let's go and see amazing shows and eat fantastic food, which yep. is literally all that I that's <laughs> want all out do. of my yeah, life. That's so what I'm we're like, going to be great, doing. great, perfect people to show me Vegas. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, it's got to be fun one way or the other. Mm -hmm. um, other things about TwitchCon. Oh, I, I did want to mention, yeah. Uh, so something else that they added this year was that uh, any booth that had a program, like a special program with partnered streamers, mm -hmm. um, there would be like a, there was like a picture that said like streamer program or something on it. Sure. And so if you were at a booth where, you know, you could just generally talk to them uh, and say like, hey, I'm a partner, you know, do you have any any like more information you can give me or any like yep. like streaming programs or anything like that? Um, some of them had had really like they all did it in a different way. Uh, there was a place. Oh God, I'm trying to remember what it's called. But there were there were a couple of different booths that that are trying to make it so that you can create your own alerts easier. Um, programs that sort of uh, tie into After Effects and things like that. Just trying to make it so that if you want to have custom shit a lot easier to make it and directly have it you know push to your stream 
Um, so we were talking to a couple of the companies that were doing that and their form of like the streamer program was, oh, well, you can have, you know, a month free of our system, yeah. that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, if it was a game, I think Warframe gave out uh, like platinum currency i believe they, yeah they yeah. gave out like currency certificates so yeah. sam walked away with just a shitload of currency yeah it's they always were good like, you know that'll please stream our game here you go a little, little <laughs> bit of platinum helps you really kickstart stuff mostly like to open up more slots for frames like that's is, you remember our path of exile like the most important thing you buy in that game is like more box space pretty mm. much the same kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah uh so yeah there was that um I saw like, uh, you know, Razer was there showing off a new camera where it's kind of basically what you've got up there, which is like, a, you've got a ring light up there. Yeah, it's a camera They're building with a, a ring light, a ring light in it. it, which I could see the usefulness of it. I've been having nothing but problems getting good lighting. Mm. And I just bought one of those as well. And it turned out I'm just white. I'm too white for it. I, I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I might have to just move it further away uh, for I the lightning center, but I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that Razer camera, at the very least, would be a really good travel camera. Yes, that's, that's I think, the best thing about it, you know? Um, that was my first thought when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, it's, because it's, that light is not very large. Like, the camera would have to be quite close for it to really make a difference, but, mm -hmm. yeah, for travel, just, like, attaching to the top of a laptop for streaming, I could definitely see that working pretty well. Yeah. Uh, they were pushing, uh, it has a dimmer on it as well. You could just twist it left and right. Uh, the dimmer seems even better than the ring light dimmer that I've got, which actually doesn't dim that much at all so i don't know i might pick it up and give it a try uh, mm -hmm. see how it goes although yeah, why not? i have to admit the last razor camera i had the stargazer was just junk like <laughs> it really have really really poor quality you like, never really know else. with webcams yeah. sometimes they the way that they're pitched it gets you really excited about them and then once you actually use them you're like oh yeah <laughs> this actually isn't all that great oh um, should i tell you a story about uh i was walking past the elgato booth right mm. And I guess, like, one of their guys, they recognized me and flagged me down. And he's like, why are you shitting on our products? And I told him straight up. It's like, Elgato. It's like, because you charge $150 for a green screen that actually should cost 30 It's like, yeah, but, like, it's about portability. And compared to, like, the other products that do that, it's cheaper. I'm like, well, one, the products that do that are also overpriced. And two, who the fuck gives a fuck about portability? Your thing still weighs like 20 pounds. Like, they're not going to be carrying it around. It's like, well, you put it away when you're done. If you've got a studio set, why would you put it away when you're done? Like, if you're going to have a green screen, you'll have a green screen. It's, yeah. I don't, it's like a very niche of a niche of a niche product that's also obviously way overpriced for what it is. Yeah, honestly, the only way, like, because I've considered... If I wanted to have a green screen behind me sometimes, right? Because yeah. typically I like to have my fucking madness in the background. Mm -hmm, yeah. It contri it contributes I think to, so, yeah. to my shit. But say that I was playing a game where I was like, I really don't want all of this in the background. I just want me. Yeah. Um, I would probably just buy some fucking green fabric and put it on like a pulley system and just yeah. like pull it across and then exactly. collapse it. Like I wouldn't trust, ever like, want oh, it's to about take the it with ease me of anywhere. Use. Like, you know, green screen is literally just green right there's no ease of use like most 90 percent of it is not down to the green screen you bought because literally green fabric will do the same job it's about the lighting right. and no amount of you know 150 dollars or 15 dollars it's not going to make any difference it's all down to is the room properly lit if yeah. it is the green screen will work if it's not it won't work very well right and yeah so i i told them very honestly uh, I said, hey, you know, I use your stream deck. It's really cool. It's very useful for the podcast and things like that. And it's good for my tournaments. So keep developing that. I'll happily say the stream deck is good. But, you know, 
I was looking at your capture cards and none of them are useful. It's like he shows me this new one. The first thing I ask him is, well, does it have DisplayPort and can I do high frame rate pass through for refresh rates? Like, no. I'm like, well, what's the point? Super helpful. Like, you're showing yeah. me yet another capture card that's nothing but HDMI 60, uh, which if I wanted to use a capture card, I need it to be able to pass through my monitors, which are high refresh rate, you know, G-Sync monitors on DisplayPort. I was like, well, you know, you're like very much a niche case. I'm like, yeah, but your all your products are being sold in niche cases. You're, you're making streamers media, in general are a niche, a niche case. cases. <laughs> you know, and any PC gamer, it's probably running, you know, as a streamer, it's probably running a high refresh monitor in most cases, and they might be running FreeSync or G-Sync. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are going to do that. So maybe think about developing something for that. It's like, well, you're a hard guy to get on, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm a hard guy to convince that your products are sort of worth it because my use scenario and the products you're making are two totally different things. I mean, it like, I'm, sh- I'm sure that it's hard not to get defensive when you're, you know, part of a company talking about your own products. But, like, it's important to talk to people who are going to be super straight up with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, people like you. I, hope they I know it- a lot of streamers who, uh, who are super down to talk to companies. But guess what? They're going to be really honest. Like, they're yeah. going to be really honest about what they think. It's like, you know. Uh, I, even asking for me it was weird. It's like, well, why do you share the products? Like, well, what incentive do I have not to? Like, it's like, are you? Sp- it's I'm not like, you don't sponsor by- me. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think your $150 green screen is good value. Like, you want? Well, are you upset about that? Yeah, and like, we, like I used to use an Elgato, but to be honest, there are better things out there now. Yeah. Um. So. You know, you have to keep up. Like, the market is constantly changing. Like, mm-hmm. you've got to keep up with what people are offering us. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they're primarily making stuff for console gamers. And honestly, a lot of that stuff's fucking redundant in many ways because there are tons of capture cards out there for console gamers that work mm-hmm. just fine. If you want to make a product that people care about, you know, uh, most of the major streamers are not console streamers. Yeah. They are not. They are PC game streamers. And the gear that they want to use is going to be very specific to that. So mm-hmm. if you don't make gear that is compatible with that, then, yeah, we don't care. Deal with it. Honestly, at the end of the day, the the when it comes to playing on a console, which I, again, do very rarely on stream, but I want something that's going to have the best ease of use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I want something where it's going to transfer over very quickly, where setup is very easy. Yep. Um, and it's just gotten easier and easier. Yeah. So. Yeah, it really has. There's a, there's a lot of stuff out there for people. And honestly, for PC gaming, especially as CPUs get more and more powerful, we can just stream off the same PC. It's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, especially when a lot of the games we're playing maybe aren't even that demanding. Mm-hmm. So it's not an issue. But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up as kind of a weird situation at that con where someone flagged me down to try and explain why I shit on their stuff. <laughs> it's just like, okay. Oh, gosh. One thing that um, so weird. So, sort of adjacent to the like partner program thing, one thing that ma- did make me super uncomfortable is if you, a lot of the booths, if you went up and asked about it, they would say, all right, cool. Um, how many subscribers do you have? Or how many, how many like concurrent viewers would you say is like your highest? And mm-hmm. I'm always like, do you have a streamer programmer? Oh, no. <laughs> like, 
like is this only a streamer program for the elites or is this a streamer program like i don't understand why i need to yeah, tell you yeah it was um lineage the uh the guy from lineage happened to catch me at the warframe booth before the con opened because i was just saying hi to the warframe guys mm. uh, and he's like do I, you have a couple of minutes for me to pitch I'm like all right i'll listen to what you have to say it's a mobile game it's I, a mobile mmo right? yeah it's like i wonder like look it's a mobile game i'm a pc game guy <laughs> it's quite unlikely that you know but i'll listen to it and he was on about the twitch program and like the second question for the sign up is how many not how many viewers do you have not how many followers do you have how many paying subscribers do you have yeah, I'm like, exactly what was, why do you need that information that was the first question i got and, and I i'm like, not gonna tell you that <laughs> like that is not information that i'm willing to give you mm -hmm. and it's completely irrelevant to what you're doing anyway mm -hmm. i guess they were maybe using it as a metric of uh, loyalty you know how many people show up to every one of your streams and are like big sure. into it. But, but again, I'm like, not gonna I don't that understand question. why they need that information. If no, it's, I don't. if it is like a streamer program, like if you're pitching it as if you're a partner, please come talk to us. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter if we're like a co carnage or not, right? Yeah. Like it's I'm a partnered streamer and I'm interested in your game. What do you have for me? And yeah. if it's reliant on me being a big shit, then I'll just leave. <laughs> like I don't yeah. It's it, it was quite obnoxious, I think, honestly. Uh, yes, some of the guys get it, uh, they understand, and then some of them, especially the ones who are apparently throwing big budget around, were very, uh, you know, being like, you know, we only want the big guys. I'm like, well, honestly, in that situation, the only people you're going to get are the people who just want to take a big fat check from you. Like, they're not going to legitimately care about your game yeah. in any way. Yeah, they're especially if they didn't come up to you. You know, you went and pitched them. They didn't come to your booth actually actively interested in your product. So, I, which I think is a, just a bad way to do it. If you throw $30,000, $40,000 at a big streamer and they're just doing it for the money and they don't care at all about the product, it's going to come across it's to the really viewers. It's really obvious on Very obvious. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a kind of weird aspect of the, like, mm. partner program thing. Um, was it yep. didn't it didn't always feel like a an actual partner program um something very positive though as and a, as a comparison from last year to this year is last year the creative area was literally a corner okay had like maybe six people there the creator cave um they yeah the creator cave <laughs> they still had uh some of the really nice like fine art stuff like up on display yeah. which was super cool the uh miori's painting of you i think was up there oh yeah um and uh yeah so that was cool but the, it was very small and it was it felt like a legitimate artist alley this year yeah. there were a lot of people something that was odd to me though was not all of them like promoted what their twitch channel was and it made me That's question whether or not they have a twitch channel or huh, if they're just yeah. an artist that wanted to be there you know it's possible maybe they just couldn't quite find enough of them you know cre creative still very much in the process of building things up totally. you know? and it's it's good i i think it's one of to be creative is the opposite of irl like creative is a really positive supportive space whereas irl is not in many ways uh, you know, not all streamers in irl are like that but that you probably heard there was a bunch of pretty nasty negative stuff going on like that reminded me very much of vidcon yeah in the way that some irl streamers were acting you know involving people in the streams who didn't want to be involved shoving it in people's faces stalking people or refusing to leave uh, spying on people's conversations you know and in many ways 
when we go to like a party in an event like this, it's often because we want to switch off, switch off the the streamer persona, switch off the constant happy smiling. You know, we're really happy that you watched us. You know, we do a meet and greet, and we have to be on 100% of the time because these guys have been waiting in line for us for like two hours, yeah. and we're gonna make sure their limited experience they have with us is a positive one. Mm -hmm. So we gotta be 100% on all the time. We can't have a time when we're like, yeah. oh, we I'm want, blah, like, blah, blah, we're tired and miserable. You know? Yeah, when we're in a meet and greet, we want our time with you to be entirely about you yeah you know like that's the way that a meet and greet should be i yeah. think um so yeah anything that distracts from that or makes us feel like we can't you know like totally just be comfortable in that situation i think is going to take away from that yeah and you know people say hey well just be yourself it's like look there's no one in the world that is their self in a situation like that because that situation is weird like I, signing for hours and hours and hours and talking to people and trying to give people the best possible experience if it was just regular me that's not enough mm. like we have to try and present the best side of ourselves to these guys who've been waiting for hours who may ne we'll never meet them again most likely who want this to be a special moment for themselves which means we do have to be on 100 percent. i think specifically uh, if anything, you and I, for the most part, are the same. Yeah, but, we don't really have personas per se. But both both TB and I in real life don't talk nearly as much no. as we do when we're in a meet and greet, right? No. Like we're we're don't very smile much, as like, much, you know, actively in the conversation at a yeah. meet and greet. Mm -hmm. Um, it's still like us. It's just you know we're we're just much more invested in the conversation and interacting yeah. a lot and invested in you um, as like a viewer who's come to us yeah you know, and we don't want to do the thing that i might do in a conversation which is like look past a person's shoulder or whatever or just be loafed out like this kind of like yeah yeah <laughs> you know, which is how i would prefer to be in a lot of conversations you know? <laughs> i'm generally a very loafy kind of person right and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. and you don't want that side of me like most of you don't if you're waiting in a line for two hours you don't want me to in any way even give off the vibe that i don't care about you well it so. was it was very frustrating the night after that very first party when there were a lot of conversations going on amongst viewers specifically about um the irl streams yeah, happening yeah. in like partner situation like partner party situations yeah. and stuff like that um and it was a little alarming to me to see how many people had feelings along the lines of, well, what do they have to hide? And it's like, I'm sorry. I, it, to me, it equates to say that I was giving, you know, a motivational speech. I like went to a school, right? And there were tons of people there and I was yeah. giving a motivational speech, right? Um, I was, I was very much speaking from the heart. It's not that like, I had this whole thing, you know, scripted out yeah. and I was playing yeah. a character or anything. I just like was there interacting with a lot of people, mm -hmm. right? And then it was time for me to go grab dinner with my friends, but I decided, you know what? How about I just have dinner with my friends on stage and you can all continue to sit here and watch me have dinner with my friends on stage, right? Yeah. That's weird. Like I want to just have private time with yeah. my friends. And a lot of it is like you compare the motivational speech, you know, you have thrown a lot of energy, a lot of effort into that. You've tried to be the most positive and inspiring version of yourself mm. that you can. And you can't keep that up like all the time. That's that's not being fake. That's emphasizing a part of who you are 
something that is actually quite exhausting to do and that you can't do all the time. And yeah, there are also conversations that we'd really prefer were not in public. Maybe we do have a problem with the way another streamer acted, or maybe we do have a problem with something that was at the convention that we'd prefer not to be out in front of a hundred thousand, you know, people. Mm. That you all have opinions like that. You all have things that you wouldn't say, you wouldn't want to be plastered all over the internet. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean they're bad opinions per se, but they're opinions that would cause problems. Uh, they sure. would cause dr- it's, uh, it's like, drama. It's, it's pure and simple. It's private interactions yeah. <laughs> like, that don't need to be out there. And also, like... Context uh, is an issue as well. Yeah. You know? Something that I hadn't really thought about because um, because I'm not a character streamer, but there are a lot of people like Dr. Disrespect yes. who is an, a character, Whole right? character, yeah. And when he goes into a situation where it's just other partnered streamers and he wants to just relax and hang out with his friends... Um, he can't do that if people are IRL streaming because then he feels like I need to put my character back on. Yeah, you know, cause because that's I'm on brand. a stream, and like that's not that's not really fair. No, no, it it really really isn't. And uh, you know, going back to the issue of context for a second, if I say something with a group of friends that know that what I'm saying you know means a certain thing, and then that statement would go out online con- without the necessary context. That could be misinterpreted by a lot of people. That's really, really easy to have happen. Yeah. Uh, what if someone just happened to walk past, catch part of a conversation on their camera or whatever? That goes up. You don't know what happened to the rest of the conversation. Hell, I could be quoting somebody else. You wouldn't know that. So there, there is a reason why people should always be asked for permission when someone wants to film them because mm-hmm. they need to be prepared They need because they're in a position where they know everything they, they say and everything they do is going to be watched by a lot of people and it's going to be analyzed and poured over by the internet. And oh, you've got to have your guard me. up in that situation. As a person who did a daily vlog for a while there, mm-hmm. uh, for a few years there, um, it doesn't take much for people to pick apart every single thing that you do. No, and that's in a controlled environment where you planned everything you said. Yeah, that's in like still pour over a video that I uploaded and approved. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, there are people out there who are just waiting to misinterpret whatever you say, waiting to take it out of context to cause trouble. And it, that's why the consent issue with this filming is so important. Absolutely. It's all about being respectful of the other people that are around you. We were yep. talking about this actually before we even started Co-Optional. But like, there were some people who had their cameras in a way where they were picking up everyone around them. Yes. And some people who were more respectful about it and had the camera just on themselves. Very narrow would wind, ask yeah. people Would be like, hey, I'm actually streaming right now. Is that okay? Um, in those situations, I was like, that's awesome. But even up until the very last day of TwitchCon, there were people who interacted with us and were having just like what felt like a normal conversation. Yeah, you had this experience, didn't you? Yeah. And then they... Uh, oh, what did they do? It was this girl who was talking with us and asking us a question. And then, like, she, like, lifted up her phone a little bit more. And we were like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, Stream really wanted to see what what's on his shirt. And was oh, just, like, like zooming in on Sam's shirt. And we were like, are you streaming right now? Like, yeah, you so did you not tell us that. Like, that's that. fucked up. Yeah, but I, I didn't run into anybody like that. Like, I saw a few IRL streamers. Like, there was one in the 
partner lounge, but it seemed like he was only going up to people he knew mm. and talking to them. Like he was deliberately like not just going around going after everybody. Like myself and Northern Lion were like standing quite close to him and we saw him go up to someone he clearly recognized and clearly knew. And it was also obvious. He was making sure it was obvious that he was filming. Right. Whereas some of these guys, like this person you just mentioned, was trying to disguise that fact apparently. I was like, uh, like, wait, no, that is ah, ah. That's a chokehold. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what we're going to see, you know, uh, day zero in particular with that party, you know, some people were asked politely to stop filming. Twitch um, staff was so good about, like, every, every fucking clip that had a title along the lines of so-and-so gets kicked out of partner party. It was literally no, it a yeah. really, like, it Polite was like person. Hassan or Aurelian coming up and saying, hey... I'm really sorry, we're gonna have to ask you to take your stream down. And yeah. either they acted like a fucking adult and said, okay, okay, sure, got it. Or they threw a big old fit. And guess what? If you act like a fucking child, we all know that you're a child from oh, yeah. now on. We all know exactly who you are and mm -hmm. exactly how you acted. And, and that we shit won't is get so involved in anything you unacceptable. Do. Yeah, and you do not want to piss off the people who are actually creating content for your stream. Because mm -hmm. let's be honest, the reason, like, people are watching your stream right now ain't for you. It's because you're going around talking to semi-pseudo-internet famous people. Guess what? Those semi-pseudo-internet famous people know you're a piece of shit. We're not going to cooperate with you. Yeah. And we're going to do quite the opposite. So it's a bad idea, you know. And I would imagine they're going to have more strict rules about it next year. Obviously, there From are places in the convention where it's fine. I understand, they are talking about it in yeah. depth now mm -hmm. because there were a lot of problems this with was the first big year for threats that threats with all kinds of just oh yeah awful shit going on um so yeah they definitely again as i was saying with the convention in general but i think this was an irl growing pain situation yes. um where you know it was an extreme form of this thing right because it was literally twitchcon yeah so having all these IRL streamers at once trying to like really bank on the convention in that way. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are from YouTube as well because mm -hmm. like a lot of these guys got kicked off Twitch for being pieces of shit in the right. first place. So it was actually YouTube guys showing up for that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, in that case, I think Twitch should definitely like fuck off. You're even streaming on a rival website. Uh, yeah. But it is something they're going to have to consider. <laughs> Says the guy who walked around in a YouTube gaming shirt hey. for the entire day. <laughs> I already know it was a YouTube gaming jacket. So, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, completely it's a very different. nice completely jacket. Different. It's a very nice jacket. Yeah, it, it is something they're going to have to consider next year. How they're going to do it, I mean, they could have camera-free zones. I think uh, that's what they're going to have And I certainly do. think enforcing, if you are going to film on the floor, you need to be conspicuous about it, and you need to very specifically ask permission of everybody that you are going up to. Like, obviously, people caught in the background, that happens, you know. Mm. But ultimately, when you film people like that, especially in certain states, you know, they have to sign a release to even be shown. That's why they right. blur out people. Uh, you can't do that with a live environment like this. Mm -hmm. There is an expectation that you will be filmed in some places. Uh, I would like to see the lounge be a no-film area, but the thing is the lounge was sponsored by a company it that was. said, if you go in here, you could be filmed for promotional purposes. And I think people were also using that as a carte blanche to film in there, and there didn't seem to be anybody stopping them. Sure. Uh, but having some no-camera zones would be good. And obviously... Did any... you get your Coke bottle that said Total Biscuit on it? No. I, I, hell, I don't think I was even on the badge list. Like, uh, I went there and I wasn't on the badge list. And I just called Anna. It's like, can they let me in? It's like, yeah. So it's like, Anna's like, yeah, put this, get him on the badge list or whatever. Some weird stuff going on with that. Uh, I think any Twitch 
sponsored party as well should probably be a no camera like no IRL I would streaming expect zone. that in the future that's how it's going to be yeah and as well as it should be you know yeah. it's that people are there to decompress and chill out they do not want a camera shoved in their face mm -hmm. that's not going to make you many friends and even if there is no camera shoved in their face you may very well be caught on a microphone for someone who is close by yeah. And I don't want to constantly feel like I have to be very, very careful of what I say because of that. Yeah. You know, that's it's impossible to be that guarded, especially right. when things can be taken out of context. It's nonsense. Yep. So hopefully they sort that out. You know, I didn't have huge numbers of problems with it, but obviously you ran into someone who was bullshitting and there were other people and. Ran into, yeah, I ran into a couple of situations. Fortunately, uh, not to like self burn. But fortunately, I'm short enough that yeah, almost every time yeah. somebody was walking by with a camera, all you could see was like this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, good, good. Yeah, that, that works <laughs> that out. That works out pretty well. Um, did you do, you did more than just Co-Optional Lounge panel, right? Um, I did a panel about podcasting, which oh, that's right, was that's pretty right, cool. That's right. That went well, and I did the meet and greet. And that was right, really all there was to it. I, I was really happy with how the lounge went. Mm -hmm. uh, people seemed, we had a great audience for that. Uh, thanks the to everybody that great. showed out. Yeah, that was It was super a lot fun. of fun. Uh, thanks particularly to In Control, who was apparently battling a viral infection of some I sort. I he, was like, he went to urgent care oh last no, night. Oh, no, he's sick. Yeah, we had no idea. We had yeah. absolutely no idea. But he went through it like a trooper. Uh, good on him for that. Uh, obviously, I did the uh, H3 podcast. I did, wasn't even on day one because I was I had to get to Encino, which, as you're aware, not easy. Not, like, yeah. I spent most of my day in an Uber trying to get there. Uh, but... Yeah, we did the H3 podcast, which is great. Ethan and Hill are super lovely, awesome people. Uh, I went to and uh, introduced them both to Pear Cider, uh, which oh, worked great. out very well. They were a big fan of that. Yes, so. uh, alcoholic cider is still not a big thing here. Starting to get there, though. It is starting to get Everywhere there. Everywhere I've gone has at least one. Mm -hmm. You know, not necessarily Apple. It might be Pear. Pear's good, too. Mm -hmm. uh, but they get you guys are slowly getting there. North Carolina's really getting there. We've got like three breweries who are making their own stuff. Oh, nice. So, yeah, people are really getting into that. Mm -hmm. It's like... It's like 7% alcohol. I mean, it's good. It tastes better than beer. It's delicious. Stronger than beer. It's delicious. It's uh, absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're happy with that. And hopefully we'll get to do the lounge next year. Yeah. Uh, I think, like, audience for that show is the best. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the audience was as big as the one we had at Momocon. Like, we had about 1,500 people in the audience for that one. That was really, really cool. Uh, but you got to bear in mind, of course, there are a lot of different theaters and a huge amount of stuff going on at TwitchCon. So yeah. totally understandable. I, I'd love to, if get the brand big enough to fill up the Glitch Theater, that would be great. That would uh, be amazing. But yeah, it was very entertaining, I think, for people. Like either that or they were very good at faking laughter. It was, <laughs> I, either I, that or we were just so dumb yeah, that they we were like, pretty stupid. laughed out of shock. <laughs> hey, I'll say, uh, that was the first time I'd ever played Fun Employed. And That's I, a good game, right? Oh God, yes! Yeah, it, Fun I love Employed that game. is is excellent. And there's a couple. There was one round type that I wanted to try that I never got to to try hmm. um, because we didn't have the time for it. And plus, it was it's crazy difficult. It's called Late to the Interview. It's where uh, you just every card is you don't see it. Ahead yeah, of time, you right? get four cards, you don't mm -hmm. see it beforehand, and you just have to play to, it as as it goes. You know what's funny? You saying that you wouldn't have enough time for it. That was what we used to play on Friendzone when we were running out of time because you don't get to plan at yeah, all. Yeah, you, you don't have, have any planning. Like, uh... You just go right into it, yeah. Yeah. You would, you know, have to be pretty decent at improv to pull that off in front of an audience. <laughs> I, that's intimidating to me. I'm not sure uh, 
could uh, really go with that. I think mm. you had line of the night with the sloth thing. That Thank was, you. That was pretty excellent. Yeah, if you haven't already <laughs> seen it, the the VOD should hopefully be coming up on the YouTube channel relatively shortly. If not, it is in a big five-hour stack of Twitch VODs somewhere on twitch.tv slash Twitch Presents. It's, mm. It was a good show. I had fun with it. Um, I, I think... Uh, I've... I think we might have to, like, rework Bucket of Doom, though. I find, like, Bucket of Doom, it seems like it's really hard to have an appropriate answer to yeah, that. I feel like I feel like we can figure out how to house rule it a bit better for a live yeah, show. Yeah, because it's really easy just to get a hand of cards and, like, this is completely contrived. Like, mm -hmm. for a comedy, it's fine, but some of it was a big stretch. Yeah. I'm like, is that the best card you got? I'm like, yeah. Uh, I know there's a MacGyver mode where you're supposed to put together... All of the stuff. That's like super difficult, I think. Like put yeah, all of the stuff into your hand crazy. to MacGyver your way out of the situation. Mm -hmm. uh, you could, but I think you'd have to be a very good storyteller to pull that one off. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Snake Oil is always good. Mm -hmm. I don't think that game will ever get old. Although I'll tell you this, the box for that fucking game is way too big. For Snake Oil? For Snake Oil, yeah. There's a travel edition of it, and I should have just bought that. I'm like, why is this box as big as it is? It's literally just a pack of cards. Why is it like this size? It's completely the, unnecessary. The Bucket of Doom box is actually pretty hilarious, too. Bucket. Because it's a it's like a bucket to go along with the theme. Yeah. But literally, the cards just sit right down here. So there's yeah. like all this dead space in the huge, bucket. Huge amount of wasted space. Yeah. Yeah. It was some good stuff, though. We'll uh, definitely... Oh, my tilted frames are making you twitch? Excellent. I don't. Oh, I don't know what you well, mean. I don't know what's on, I don't, what you're talking about. That's, they look right to me. Yeah, that seems fine. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean. Maybe I, look at them more. Yeah. Maybe that'll I mean, help. This should be fine. Right? Yeah. They. Yeah. yeah. They're. I don't they're, see anything wrong with they're that. They're good. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I do that <laughs> whenever I do a city builder on stream. I do that on purpose. Like mm. a road. Slightly this. Just. Way. <laughs> just. Just slightly. Slightly um, off. I was on uh, live stream fails a while back, which isn't really live stream fails anymore. It hasn't been for years. But <laughs> it's literally just stream drama at this point. There's a uh, used to be funny. There's a clip that I was pretty proud of, of somebody being like, "There's a piece of paper back there that I really wish you would pick up." And I went back and I was like, "Where this one?" And I like picked it up and then I just put it right back yes. down and came back to my chair. And it was like, "No." <laughs> I I believe that 95% of the people that say stuff like that don't have anything close to OCD. They're just, like, role-playing it, like, as if it's some sort of, like, cool thing to have. Mm. Like, I feel sorry for the actual people that have it, but, like, come on. Why <laughs> you just minimize the window? Just listen to what we have to say. It's right. fine. Just like, if I can't watch this anymore. That. Was like, That's okay. That's all right. Outside of that, though, I, I did get to play a couple of games at TwitchCon. I played a High Hell, which... What is that? So, Devolver published it. It came out yesterday, I think. Okay. And it's sort of like this first-person shooter speedrunning kind of thing. Uh, it's all done on rooftops in really tall buildings. Okay. And you've got to go as fast as you can through these levels. Uh, you've got just a gun that is super accurate. But it's kind of like a rail gun. But the enemies are really, really accurate as well. So mm. you've got to be super careful. Uh, learning exactly where all the enemies are is probably the best way to do it. There's a ton of side objectives as well. So like, burn all the money. And there's like 78 piles of money. Or do all this stuff. And do it as fast as you can. And once you've beaten the main objective, you literally just jump off the building and kind of parachute. <laughs> right. uh, so you could go through it very, very mm. quickly. But if you want to do all of the side objectives it would take multiple runs to do it. Uh, it's not my sort of game at all. Like, 
I, I will happily admit that. But it is damn satisfying if you actually nail every single one of those shots. Right. Uh, and I could see people really getting into it as a precision speedrunning kind of game. I feel like pretty much any game published by Devolver is worth a try. They also they have, to have pretty good publishing sense. Yeah, they also have an obsession with stuff that looks a bit weird and mm -hmm. it's a little bit sort of subversive, which High Hell definitely is. Its mm -hmm. aesthetic is very weird. And there's some really strange stuff going on in that game. And then difficult. Yeah. Like most Devolver games are to some extent difficult. Mm -hmm. So there is a, even if they're not directly involved in the development, there is a common theme running through a lot of the games that they put out. It yeah. was all right. You know, I did about half an hour on stream. I beat a couple of bosses. I felt pretty good about myself. Uh, so that was okay. And we also streamed the Mortal Empires map for Total War, Total War 2. Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know what Mortal Empires is, if Total War 2 was somehow not big enough for you, <laughs> Jesus Christ, it is this Mortal Empires map combines the map from the first game with the map from the second game and puts all the races in. Like, you get this for free as long as you own both the first and second game, which right. means you have access to, like, 12 races or something and huge numbers of Legendary Lords. And they moved some of the stuff around for necessity reasons, but you just go at it across this huge map. It's massive. They they had saves about 200 turns in, and we barely had, like, a corner of this huge map. Uh, it's crazy stuff going on. And the nice thing about it is it enables you to do custom battles with all of the races. So mm. we were able to set up, like, I really wanted a big fight where we got a bunch of dinosaurs and had them fight the Wood Elves. Yeah, you know, yeah. So we got the Lizardmen versus Wood Elves, and that was really, really good. And the map is just massive. And some people, I think, for that game really, really want an unending kind of experience. Sure. Like, where they could just go on and on and on and on. And they will be able to do that, like... Their whole goal is when they release the third, because this is supposed to be a trilogy of games, they have a right. mega map, which is everything. I'm like, just giant Total War thing that you could probably never possibly end. They want to basically do what Dynasty Warriors did forever ago, which is like establish lots of little things, lots of specific races, and then just combine everything together eventually. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, uh, that's fine. I don't think I would personally play Mortal Empires. It's too much for me. It's, mm -hmm. it's too big a game. It's nowhere near as focused. With Total War Warhammer 2, there is like a specific end for the campaign. When someone beats the final ritual, that's it. Game's over. I like the fact that there's a bit of a timer on things. Mm -hmm. But I also know that some people like to basically play forever. And a campaign of that size is probably going to result in that. Right. But holy shit, turn times will take a while, especially when you have like, oh, there's 12 different factions in this game, and then there's like 50 kingdoms of these factions that are all kind of split into different things. Like, sure. god damn it. But if you just want to have your own little war at some, some part of the map, and it's like, I really want to kill some dwarves today, then, you know, just move up to the dwarf area and start a big old war with them. Right. And it's, it's cool. And I think that people will enjoy it. It's not for me. It's too much. Uh, but they went really the other direction. They were making, when they were doing DLC for the previous game, they were having sort of smaller campaigns. But apparently, talking to them, they found that not a lot of people were actually playing them. So they're like, actually, these guys want a new race and a lot of, and a lot of new legendary lords and skills to play. They don't want a different campaign. They just want to play it on the grand map campaign. Mm -hmm. So now they were like, well, in that case, let's just make a bigger one then and let people play on that. Still a great game. Cool. Looking forward to seeing what they come up with uh, for what races they add to this. I heard rumors of Tomb Kings, yeah. so mummies and all sorts of cool shit. I think they're in Blood Bowl, right? Uh, I think they're like the Kemet faction or something. Yeah. 
Sorry, yeah. I'm. It's all good. I have a game that I also want to talk about, and yes. I want to make sure that I say the right name. Okay. So keep going. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's it looks it's kick ass. I'm like in and out on that game quite a bit. Uh, I'll play every, uh, play like uh, eight hours every like few weeks just. Because once you get into that game, it's like eight hours have passed out of nowhere. Like, oh, okay, that happened. Right. Right. Uh, what do you want to talk about? So a game that I played is called Survived By. Oh, yes. Yeah, they had a little booth there, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an MMO, actually. It didn't look like an MMO. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's an MMO where you choose your starting class and you have a bunch of cards that are like buffs basically Mm -hmm. so uh you can decide like okay i'm gonna take all of the cards to start with that give me health boosts or i'm gonna take all the cards that help with attack okay and i assume that as you play the game you can unlock more cards and things like that right um but in the demo yeah there were i think five different classes you could choose from and then um and then these cards and you just kind of like fill out your basic character profile right um and then it's you just run around. <laughs> Holy shit, that was fucking loud. I, I, sorry. I, I, the, the damn thing. I went to the Survive By website, and they had a damn automatic auto-playing oh video. Oh, my God. Is this how it feels to watch my streams? Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, oh. quite quite often. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I think all of that is muted now, so that should never happen again. Great. But God damn, I didn't know it had an auto-playing video. Oh my gosh. Oh Jesus. Um, yeah. So it's. Uh... <laughs> well, that's a few eardrums busted. Yeah. Um, it's a game that I don't. I don't think that it would be considered eight-bit, maybe sixteen-bit. Um, but you you walk around just like shooting stuff right and getting stronger and stronger and stronger um and it's called survived by because the the concept of it is very much based on like you live as long as you can and when you die you you get to take some of your stat bonuses with you this reminds me of um remember realm of the mad god Mm. it reminds me of that but like more advanced yeah yeah which is pretty cool so uh, again, because it's an MMO, you can put together like a huge group that all goes and does like dungeoning together or just like whatever you want to do. Um, oh, it's made by Digital Extremes, the Warframe guys. It is. And uh, Human Head apparently involved in it as well. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, it, so I guess this is in alpha right now. You it can is in alpha. Play it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had it as like a super strict closed alpha for a while because they wanted to make sure that their servers could like keep up. They wanted to stress test um, rather slowly. Uh, if you went to TwitchCon and you played the game, they gave you like a little flyer that had an alpha code to nice. let you in because uh, they're feeling pretty confident that they can have a bunch of people on now. And to so, be fair, they're going to have to do that test at some point. Yeah, right? exactly. It was the same with uh, Ma- you know, Realm of the Mad God. Like, they had to do a test where it's like, if a streamer starts playing this and suddenly a thousand people jump in, can we survive? Yeah. Um, but apparently the team that's working on this game, they've had it in development for like a year, I think they said, but there's only nine or ten people making mm, it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's very much like their passion project. That seems it's, good. Yeah. I'm excited to like, since I have an alpha code, I'm excited to actually like sit and try playing it like yeah. legitimately and see how it feels absolutely mm-hmm. looks like good stuff well we're gonna go to a break but before that of course this show is naturally proudly sponsored 
by Squarespace. It's, and it sure is. It absolutely is, as you can see right here. And Wow! Yeah, I decided Such uh, production. Today, we're just going to show you a site that was made on Squarespace, the Axiom Mod website, as you can see right here, was all made on Squarespace. And you can see the like cool features that it's got. For instance, you've got this little scroll thing right here. And the template that we used allows you to scroll down and see each individual segment. But you can also click there. And we embedded this cool HTML5 video in the background. So like you can see examples of what we're talking about on each page in the sort of background, kind of faded behind these screenshots. So that was a really cool way of showing off various functions within our game um they're all like really easy to put in like this looks pretty complicated to make right it's really not uh it was actually kind of awesome because there's a plugin on squarespace that can just pull directly from youtube to create these background html5 video loops mm. so everything's hosted there it can just pull directly from there and to me it looks absolutely awesome like you can this looks exactly the same on a mobile device as it looks on a PC browser, works on pretty much everything, and it was really, really easy to make, and very easy to update as well. And we were able to add like a little patch notes thing, and updating this, hell, even I can do that, as you can see, because I typed <laughs> all of that myself. So we were really happy with what Squarespace was able to do with that, and more to the point, when we last mentioned this website on the podcast, it didn't crash, hey. which is amazing. And as you can see right now, it's not crashing either. Hey. As everybody goes to axiommod.com, it's not breaking. It works totally fine. So if you want to set up a website like that, you can do so at squarespace.com slash cooptional for your free trial attempts on of your first order. And all of this really cool looking stuff, you could do this without any knowledge whatsoever, which is lovely because I am an idiot. <laughs> and it took myself and Chris less than a day to put together this awesome looking website for our mod. And we were really happy with the results. So check out squarespace.com slash cooptional for your free trial and 10% of your first order. You could do a trial which allows you to test all of the different templates that they've got. Try and find a one that's appropriate for you. In this case, I think that this template's actually from a restaurant. Oh. It was designed for a uh, restaurant with their menu and be uh, like showing off all of their dishes on each page. Sure, yeah. We used that for a StarCraft II mod, and that seemed to work pretty well mm -hmm. there as it's, well. I mean, StarCraft is a feast for the eyes after indeed, all. Indeed, yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, food for thought. Mm, yes. yes. Indeed, quite. So thank you for Squarespace sponsoring this particular podcast, as always. They have been a loyal sponsor of us. We hope that they will continue to be so. We hope that we don't mess that up too much. Go check them out if you want to make a website for pretty much anything, including whatever StarCraft 2 mod you happen to be making. We'll be right back after the break, folks. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be talking a little more about some games we've been playing. We're going to talk about some board games that I got a chance to play over the last couple of nights with a bunch of people. One of the best things about a convention, being able to play board games, you know, get a chance <laughs> to hang in, out with in people. in for reals meet space with people. Indeed. Yeah. You know, and there's a little bit of news as well, and we'll cover the release as well. Doing about a two-hour show today. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast live from Duga Towers. Aha! Finally! Duga <laughs> it's Bunker. my time. Indeed. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast, as it is. I think this is the first time we've ever just done a two-person podcast. I think it is. Yeah. yeah I was trying to remember if... if uh, we or you have done this Don't think so. before for co-optional. We've done five, but never two. Mm. Yeah, and as you're probably aware, if you're not, well, Jesse's off in the Australia. land down under. Yep, I don't think it sounds or like Pax that. Pax Australia. That's no, how no, they talk there. No, no, it is. No. I'm positive. No, I have a lot of Australian viewers. Yeah, so. 
Uh, you'll have less after that. But <laughs> <laughs> we'd like to talk a little bit about the TwitchCon keynote as mm. they announced a few new features for Twitch. We'll talk a little bit about that. Then we'll talk about some board games, maybe a little bit more news, do some releases, and then get the hell out of here. So there were a few different things announced, some of which were cool, some of which were a little strange, let's just yeah. say. Uh, well, first, I, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say one thing that they assured everybody before TwitchCon even started was that they weren't going to they weren't going to enact anything major while TwitchCon was going on yeah, because last be year Twitch Prime subs uh went live while everybody was still at TwitchCon. Yeah. And a lot of people got boned out of that first Whoa, month. Oh, yeah. Like, people would be super screwed about that. Yeah. Know, then, so it became know. a situation where some people who were at TwitchCon were like, fuck, I should have stayed <laughs> Yeah, I shouldn't have gone to TwitchCon in the first place. Yeah, which is not what they want. No, not really. To make people feel like they shouldn't go to the convention. So not they... that they announced anything near as big this time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it seems like a lot of the stuff is very much still in development. First thing is, uh, starting in November, you'll have a stream summary right on your dashboard. That means, like, right after the stream, you get, like, a set of stats. Like, mm -hmm. what was your average viewership? Where did the traffic sources come from? All that sort of thing. It's like, yeah, sure. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nothing to really complain about there. Nice to get a little I bit mean, of info afterwards. You can kind of find that now, but it's yes. really basic, and it's honestly kind of hard to get to it. Yeah. So, so. my hope is they, they have a summary which is just generally useful. Mm-hmm. I somehow managed to delete the uh, the little thing with the text. I'm so proud of you. I don't know how I pulled that off. Isn't it right there? Isn't that it? Yeah, but uh, it's gone from XSplit now. It was right here. What? And then it just disappeared. That's really strange. I don't know why that happened. Huh. I could probably fix that. It's... Oh. <laughs> uh, let's try fixing it. In Take your time. Let's try fixing We're not it live. <laughs> in a completely different way. Let's, let's like, I'm sure we'll be fine. Who would possibly notice... Something like that. Um, yeah, so new stats uh, or just better stats, yep. hopefully more readily available to you. Yeah. Um, and then... Premieres. I don't know anything about premieres. Uh, so I have... A, this may sound like egotistical as hell, but I am very sure that they nicked this directly from me. Oh, okay. Uh, the reason I believe this... Is because it is exactly what we did for like two years running uh, for the Arbitrary Awards. And I talked to them about this during a, at a meeting that I had with their marketing and product staff mm -hmm. at some point. I'm pretty sure they took this idea from me. Gotcha. Uh, and the idea is like that you're creating VOD style content, but you want to like do a premiere viewing with a live audience, like they can kind of interact in chat. So oh, okay. the point of premieres is that you can put the upload up, set it as a premiere, schedule it, hype it up, and then do viewer interaction while playing a pre-recorded uh, kind of VOD. That, and this time around, instead of having to stream it directly from your machine, which is what I had to do with Arbitrary mm -hmm. Awards, you can have it uploaded to Twitch so it's already there. You know if your connection goes to hell, it won't matter. It'll just play. It's kind of like doing a vodcast, really. Honestly, um, like, as it's very a... very similar to that. As, as a person who spent so much time on YouTube, that's actually, now that, now that you explain it that way, um... That's kind of intriguing to me because part of me is like, that might be super cool. Uh, like, say that there's a new Welcome to the Fandom or something that I've made. Um, 
I could, could do, do like a premiere, a premiere of yeah. it on Twitch and everybody could watch it together yeah. and like talk about it. Which That's is... That's kind of cute. Yeah. I kind of like that. It's fine. No, it feels like, well, what's the point? Well, the Arbitrary Awards did super fucking well doing that for like the last two years. Mm -hmm. It's it's something that pe people like to watch things with other people. Yeah. You know, great example of that, you know, I love watching wrestling. It's a hell of a lot more fun to watch with other people, especially people who kind of know the whole thing is crazy bullshit, etc. Because oh, sure. it's fun to mock, you know? It's fun to, like, be around and uh, be a part of that discussion. And totally. I mean, like, right now on Twitch Presents... They've got Yu-Gi-Oh, right? They've got Yu-Gi-Oh going. Like, every episode of original Yu-Gi-Oh is playing on Twitch Presents right now. And um, at least yesterday, I haven't tuned in today, but they... They were showing so many fucking ads that it oh, was Oh, yeah. It was like every two minutes or it something. Was completely interrupting like everything. It was like way more ad time than there was that. actual show time. Yeah. But the thing is, like, people kept being like, I don't understand why you don't just watch this on another plot. Like, you can find Yu-Gi-Oh! in lots of different places. But then you don't have chat. Yes, and chat exactly. is like a huge part of what Why, makes rewatching dubbed Yu-Gi-Oh funny, right? Yeah, it's, it's the same with the Bob Ross thing, you know, and the same with Power Rangers. We've seen it time and time and time again. There's obviously a reason for this. It's like, you're watching the podcast with us right now. Is there any real benefits watching it live? Not really. You know, this could be up on YouTube every week, and that could be the only place it is. But we like doing it live because people like getting together, reacting to what's happening, mm -hmm. listening with a group of other people because it's a fun little social experience. Totally. So this is basically shared viewing. It's just a official system of doing what you could probably already do. Mm -hmm. You know, you could certainly stream. For, but that would be more reliable. You know, I'd be much happier to upload arbitrary awards to the Premiere system this year. And then just Know that it works. Go. Hit that play button. You know, and make yeah. sure it works that way. That'll so, be interesting to mess with. I can see it being useful. Um, the next thing that they talked about was raids. Raids, uh, yeah. Raids are different from hosts yes. in that when you host somebody, the host happens still on your own channel. So everybody is still, like, in your chat yep. watching the host. Sometimes there's a little bit of confusion. Like, people try to talk to the hosted streamer, but the hosted streamer can't see you because yeah, you're yeah, still course, on, yeah. like, my channel if yeah. I've hosted somebody. Raids are supposed to be different in that when you raid someone, a pop-up is supposed to show yes. up for every viewer that says, would you like, would to, like go to go to this person's raid. channel? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Would you like to join the raid? Would you like to go to their channel? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Yeah, the people that want to watch, they can do that. And the people that obviously don't, that's cool. So, mm -hmm. you know, it dubs everybody in at once, but it dubs the people in who have already agreed to be a part of it. Yes. Which is good, because if you do dump a stream on your slash host, especially if you have a large audience, and they don't really know what you're doing or they don't know who the streamer is. There could be confusion. There could be hostility. Uh, there oh, could totally. be all sorts of bullshit that goes down there. So the... as. I mean, I don't like the name of it. I know why they call it that because you know that's uh, it's part of the, it's the, part of the vernacular yeah, of on course. Twitch already. Yeah, I. But it does have that sort of connotation that you're about to bombard someone who was unexpecting with a bunch of people they're maybe not prepared for. Right. But I think this will help because, as you said, it's opt-in. Yeah. So you're going to have less people and the people who are going there and kind of knowing what they're getting into. So there's going to be less bullshit, hopefully. Right. Hopefully. Hopefully that is not misused. And if it is, obviously, Twitch needs to come down to the people that are doing it. It's like, hey, I'm going to host a raid. Go harass this person. Blah, blah, blah. You know, obviously, that's unacceptable. That's always been acceptable. It's against Twitch rules. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, they properly enforce that. Uh, so the next feature is something that already exists, but is now going to be a bit easier. Some people don't even realize this exists, which is rooms. You can right. create separate spaces within your chat. And the thing is, 
people can create rooms already. Right. Has the streamer always been able to create permanent rooms? I don't know. Uh, that's, See, that's it... the chat system's a bit confusing in that respect. Mm -hmm. uh, like here's um, so I'm sh I'm showing you this now. Like here's the right. group chats and things. Like I could create a chat room, but as to whether or not people would actually see it, like be able to just join it if they want. Yeah, yeah. it's hard to say. So because I would really love as a person who fucking times out anybody who tries to like spoil shit yeah. or backseat me on most yeah. games. It would be really, really nice to have just the normal chat and then have a completely separate room that people can go into to yeah. be like, why the fuck hasn't she noticed the key that's right there, yeah. right? Like, without people me are super seeing frustrated. it. Yeah. I it's, think that would be super beneficial for my chat. It would be useful, yeah. You know, it's good for, say, people who can't afford a sub as well. You know, they can mm -hmm. go to a separate room that isn't the main front-facing subscriber chat. Oh, sure, yeah. So, if you have sub-only chat, maybe yeah. you can have a room that isn't. Yeah, I mean, you've always been able to do that, but this seems like it's a more official, more front-facing way to do it, which makes more right. sense if people actually even know exists. I'm wondering how that's going to affect mods, though. Because mods will then suddenly have two chats to watch, which kind of sucks. Yeah, I don't know how that exactly that's going to work out. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you may have to end up splitting your mod team to monitor some stuff. Mm. You know, I mean, at the moment, I don't know what happens with rooms, like in terms of moderation. I think it's the person that creates the room gets the mod I access. I assume, yeah. Um, but in this case, it's going to be more of an official thing. So, I don't know. We'll see how that works. I think it's a pretty solid idea if it's properly implemented. This is the problem with a lot of these things. That w they demonstrated it, and it was obviously very still proof of concept. They hadn't necessarily got the implementation down. Yeah. Now, the next one is weird. Like, it's it's a bit Rituals. creepy to me. Rituals. Yes. Yeah, so, so this is uh, where you're able to sacrifice a newborn in order to get more subscribers. Uh, no, that's not how it works. It's but exactly like exactly that. like that. So according to this, it makes it easier for you to celebrate special moments that bring your community together. I'm already sort of rolling my eyes at that. But uh, say a viewer is checking out the channel for the first time. After a minute, they'll have the choice to signal to the rest of the community that they're new to the channel. And Twitch will break the ice for that person in chat. Um, this is a thing that Ko has done he has had like a bot set up to do this for a really long time yeah i have a feeling they so took this straight from him i think that they took that straight from ko whether or not uh ko knew about it i don't think so based on the the clip from dropped frames that i saw no. but um surprise me. yeah the idea of it i think is to like make it so that there are more ways for your chat to interact with one another um and like welcome one another, be excited for one another, and just like build community stuff. So like I get it, um, but I think rituals is a weird term. That's very culty, you know. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a bit weird. I'm not gonna use that like at all. That's definitely mm -hmm. not gonna happen. Uh, but I could definitely see some particular users would probably find it useful. Right. Rituals though, that's creepy. <laughs> now the next one is very useful it's a it's an achievement system and usually i'd be like eh, achievements the point is that this is supposed to give you clear goals to what you need to do to reach either affiliate or partner status i think this is gonna really help a lot of people yeah. because up until now it's it seemed very up in the air like kind of arbitrary so to have really clear like 
you need to do this. You need to, you know, start having this many concurrent viewers or, you know, whatever else. I have no idea what's on these achievement lists, but um, just having something there to help you understand what you need to do, I think is going to help people so much. Yeah. And uh, uh, during the keynote, Ethan Evans said, look, if you follow the path achievements laid before you, we absolutely guarantee we'll invite you to the affiliate or partner program. Yeah. So this is a very clear path. If you want to start doing this as a part-time or full-time thing, you follow these steps yep. and you make sure that you go down them. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see like what that roadmap is really going to end up being and the requirements, but it's good to have that roadmap. You know, totally. It, they made it better with the affiliate system when they first brought it out. Before that, becoming a partner on Twitch was... Pff, no one knew how you got there. It was just a case of, you know, email Twitch or know somebody at Twitch and hope they notice you or whatever. In this case, this is a much better, more formalized system. I'm pretty yeah. happy with that. Uh, the last thing... I'm so excited! Uh, yeah, I, I mean... Uh, it's cool. We'll get more money. That's great. Uh, <laughs> subscription gifting. So, I'm excited to gift subscriptions. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for other viewers to buy subscriptions for others sure. and me for to make more money off it. So you know, it's two sides of the coin. Yeah. You know, um, I like I like the coin. I actually like lots of coins. If you don't mind, <laughs> uh, you'll be able to gift a one month subscription to anyone on Twitch mm-hmm. of three different tiers, and gift givers will receive social recognition in chat. Yeah, add to third party. I hope so, that a lot of this stuff you can decide whether or not you want yeah, it. Yeah, you know, there's uh, potential for that to be like someone obviously being a bit of an attention seeker, like, hey, you know, it's like making it rain in the club, whatever. Sure. But that already kind of exists to some extent with mm-hmm. bits. bits. Uh, but you can limit how obnoxious that can be, you know, just keep it stuck to chat. And when you have it on screen, that's because you chose to put it there. Right. right? Totally. It'll be the same with this as well, I imagine. Mm-hmm. So... It's it's a good system in general. It's beneficial to partners because obviously another way of getting subscriptions is always good. You know, so it might be I can't afford the sub this month or my credit card's not working or I don't have a credit card. Maybe it's a younger viewer, mm-hmm. but they still want to get access to subscriptions. That's the kind of thing that someone could offer them. This and like is, you said, you can do giveaways. This is something I've wanted for a really long time to be able to do yeah. giveaways of subscriptions to my channel. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's going to be super awesome. Yeah, I, it seems like it could be pretty useful. So, like, no major announcements. Like, you know, Everything Prime was pretty was, chill. Yeah, Prime yeah. was a big deal last year. All of these seem pretty good. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there's always the potential issues with stuff like raids. They're going to have to keep an eye on them. But a good point that was brought up is that by formalizing the system and by making sure, like, it's a kind of click-in system, you can actually track very directly what happened Mm -hmm. and if somebody abuses it it'll be really easy to show that that happened for sure you know so that i think is a good thing in general i do appreciate that so far it seems like each year the stuff that they put in is either let's make streamers more money (laughs) which we appreciate or it's let's help with community building Mm -hmm. um of course again these things can be abused but like if you're using them correctly i think that they will be really cool things that you can implement to to help the community be tighter knit and stronger yeah so sounds like a good idea to me Mm -hmm. yeah so overall that was pretty good so did get to play a couple of board games 
Yeah. And with, one that's um, kind of a board game, but not a board game. You got uh, to meet up with some buds. Indeed, yeah. Hanging out with Maggie and her moderation crew. Nice. Uh, in that wonderful Airbnb that claimed to have aircon and very clearly did not have aircon. So we had a lot of fans, let me put it that way, and not the TwitchCon fans. Fans, standing fans, desk uh, fans, everything we could get. Yeah, our house was a fucking nightmare yesterday. <laughs> so, you know. I'm glad for working AC back in North Carolina. I'll tell you that for a fact. <laughs> now, so this could very easily be a board game, but it's actually using a phone. So I mentioned this on a show before, but I'd never got a chance to fully this play it. familiar, Triple yeah. Triple Agent, right? So it's a phone game. It costs like two bucks and you play it on one device. It supports okay. up to nine people. So what you end up doing on this game, and I can load it up and sort of demonstrate it to all of you here. Oh my gosh, I know your code. For ah, ah. ah. so the wonders of modern technology, ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves here. You know, this is triple agent. And hey. you, actually, you have to put your thumb. I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, it's like it's like a little Cute. thumb scan thing for that. So there's uh, like the names of all of the people, like their usernames who are playing. All nine of us last night. It actually saves them between rounds, which how, is super useful. How many in a large people group. can you have? It goes total. up to nine. Okay. So it's between five to nine players. So it's a social deduction game. Okay, kind of like Secret Hitler, Werewolf, etc., etc. But there are two agencies. There is the service, good guys. Okay. And there are virus, bad guys. Okay. So the goal for the service is to imprison someone from virus. The goal for virus is to confuse the service into imprisoning one of their own. Sure. But this is where things get weird because, and I'll go through it sort of to demonstrate right, how it works. So you get a mission briefing. It's like, all right, in a nine-player mode, and I say you probably can't see that, but there, there's got to be three virus agents at the start of the game. This is what really fucks it up because that right. might not be the case by the end of it. So... Ah. Firstly, it goes around through every person and it gives them a loyalty. So, you know, this would be for Simple's loyalty and apparently Simple works for Virus. And it also tells you who the other two Virus agents are at the moment. Frank and Hart, apparently the other two ones. And he keeps sort of going through this. And once everyone has their loyalty, uh, it goes to what's called the operations phase. And everybody gets a weird thing that happens to them. Like okay. they might say... Your source called you and told you the identity of one of the agents. So it's kind of like for your eyes only. You pass the phone over to them. They look at it. And then it goes on to the next bit. Now, when a hidden agenda comes up, hidden agenda could be one of a few things, including switch sides. So you might start off with three virus agents. You might end up with five by the end of it. Or maybe two or nothing. But the cool thing is sometimes they also give you a hidden objective. Right. So, for instance, one of those is try to get yourself imprisoned. I think it's called scapegoat. Right. So, because you get those throughout the game, your behavior can suddenly sort change. Of Dead of Winter style. Everybody's yeah. got their yeah. own specific goal yeah. alongside of the major goal yeah. of the group. But you don't start with it. Right. Like, you start with the major goal, but you might switch sides. You might have a, a goal that's like, you want to get this person imprisoned, or you want to save this person, or whatever. And because of that, that's the cool social deduction part because you're keeping an eye out for people's behavior. Like if you if someone's given a hidden agenda, you know they've been given one, but you don't know what was in it. Was it a loyalty change? Was it an objective change? Was it simply a piece of information? Sure. And you're keeping an eye out for, is this guy suddenly acting a bit strange? Like a little bit weird? And every, it, the whole thing is just a one phase game. So everybody gets one operation and then it's the accusation phase. You get two minutes to discuss. So it's pretty short. Yeah, I, the whole thing can be done in 10 minutes, even with nine players. So that's pretty cool. And then after that, you all vote. 
and it comes up with the results and then it shows who everybody was who had the secret objectives and everything like that Mm. and it's cool because you only have to own it on one phone it's like two or three dollars just to own it and it's one of the better social deduction games that i've played that's awesome the phone tracking everything is really good it speeds everything up you have no need for an individual moderator like say with werewolf you know you don't need a storyteller you don't need the whole close your eyes open your eyes stuff that happens with werewolf a lot and all of these changing objectives and crazy stuff that really keeps the game dynamic and interesting every time so once we played a game and kind of understood the things that would happen we started to get really really into it we played about 10 rounds of it and it was fantastic i would strongly strongly recommend it you know like i said scales so you can do it at a family gathering anywhere between five to nine players right just on one phone give it to the guy that has the case on the phone just in case somebody decides to drop it or throw it decides to drop in case somebody's like fuck you tv yeah i mean it's a social deduction game some people get pretty mad at those kind of things i have to admit so that's true it's i would highly recommend it it's a great use of the phone Great use of technology to enhance an already existing kind of game. Mm. So I was big into that, big fan of that. Hey, we can play that later. We've got some people in the office. That Let's do it. Should really be good. Fun. Yeah. Uh, we also did uh, a bit more Captain Sonar. Always great. Did you have a, a full crew this time? We did. Yeah, we had. Uh, it's, you need eight people for a full crew. Oh, I was perfectly. sort of acting as a guy doing the tutorial just to make sure everybody understood what was going on. Mm-hmm. They got teaching that game. It's initially quite intimidating. But they get into it really fast, I find. Like, everybody I've played this game with who I've taught it to, it's bewildering initially, but then once this starts, it's like, right, you're in real time, go. And they start communicating and start figuring things out. And by the end of it, everyone's a cool team, like, communicating with each other and trying not to screw things up. And there's arguments that happen. It's like, no, Captain, we can't go that way because this is going to happen. It's like, I need the torpedoes. It's like, I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. And it, it is very, very entertaining and... As a real-time game, the tension is so high, and it reminds me of playing FTL, but every individual crew person is their own person. Right. And they all have to do their individual jobs well and communicate with each other, otherwise everything goes to hell. Uh, really? So I want to play more of that. I'd like to play way more Captain Sona. I also got the expansion, which has super weapons in it, and they could change equipment out for different things. So I'm intrigued to see what go- what's going on with that. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just such a unique game. But again, the only problem is you need eight people. Yeah. I mean, you could do it with six, but eight is generally uh, the way that you need to do it. So gotcha. it's still very, very cool. And uh, people are asking, is it better for each sub to be in a separate room? No, you have to. The whole point is you have a radio operator that's listening to the other captain's orders. So that's how he you figures out where the other together. sub is. You other have to be together. Has nothing to yeah, do. there's a big screen that goes down the center that's in the box, just like a big DM screen. So you know, you're sitting uh, basically opposite the person with the same role on the other side. Mm-hmm. So the radio operator has this big piece of acetate uh, over the grid map, and he's drawing the course that he's hearing the enemy captain using and then trying to move it around to figure out well you can't have gone this way because that would be through an island and it's kind of like snake you can't go through your own tail sure. and you can only get rid of the tail when you surface and of course when you surface you reveal where you are so you know that's pretty unpleasant but hmm. it i've never played a game like that like it always at the end of it it's almost like a team building exercise totally. it feels so good when you everything is working together as like a well-oiled machine and the panic and the crazy shit where everything's going wrong 
Uh, I love the fact that when you have to surface, there's a mini game to repair the sub where you all have to draw around this line. You have to secure four parts of the ship. So you get your marker pen, you draw around, don't go outside the lines, otherwise you have to start again. Initial it, hand it to the next person. Once you secure the ship, you get the other guy's engineer to check it. If you've got outside the lines, you have to start all over again. Uh. Bear in mind, the other guy's sub is getting to move while you're doing this. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to get a beat on you for a torpedo. It's like, fuck, don't, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck it up. Right. It's it generates so much tension it's phenomenal i love it i love it hmm. really really great game so we played that and we played a bit of werewolf as well which i have to admit i was maybe it's because it's a older social deduction game i was gonna say because I now don't there's games like, like it as much. secret hitler and there's games like, like triple agent, triple agent. No, you know these are games that have tried to make the social deduction genre a bit better uh, i remember playing the resistance like resistance avalon is a bit better but the original resistance is like so simple uh, too simplistic. What's the version of Werewolf that has like a shit ton more roles? Um, probably One Night Ultimate Werewolf. I think, I think. that's it. Yeah, where there's just like a fuck ton of different things you can potentially yeah. be. There, there was some interesting stuff in this. You know, I think this was Ultimate Werewolf we're playing, but not One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of roles. Like there was a Cupid who tied two people together. So if one of those people died, the other person also died. And there was a bunch of stuff like that. And I just, I had problems in that game doing the deduction part because things like Secret Hitler have an order of things to do and you have to make these decisions that could potentially reveal who you are. Right. And it's also, I like the fact that player elimination is only at the end because there's nothing worse than, oh, like the first night, you got randomly killed and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's like, okay, guys, I guess I'm reading Twitter for the next 10 minutes while right. you play the rest of this game. Whereas with something like Secret Hitler, you, the shooting only happens in the, like, the next last five minutes. Sure. And the way that the passing liberal or passing fascist policies works, that's something that immediately throws suspicion on somebody. Whereas in Werewolf, what I found in the way that I was we were all playing it, there was nothing that through suspicion on anybody right like a lot of it was guesswork like a really it seems like the best thing you could do in that game is just be quiet uh we did play with the tanner role which made things a little bit interesting the tanner wants to die so if the tanner I've dies the tanner everybody loses almost every time that i've been the tanner i've been killed and then everybody's like god the damn it like yeah we killed the tanner twice just out of nowhere like it's like well that's an instant failure condition that it's great it's great being the tanner because you have to figure out how do I make myself seem suspicious, but not so, but not suspicious, so suspicious that people think I'm the Tanner? Yeah, I tried, <laughs> I tried really doing fun. that in Triple Agent, where it was like, you got to get in prison. That's basically the Tanner-like role. Yeah. But they figured me out pretty quick. Ah. Like, uh, I was try But I did in the second game, so a lot of confusion by continuity. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, I've been serviced the entire time, or I've been biased the entire time. I just try to confuse the hell out of people. That's a pretty fun role, but yeah, I don't think I'll play Werewolf again. Like, I think that Werewolf has sort of become obsolete. Mm. Uh, I don't know if the later versions like One Night Ultimate are better. And I know there's stuff like One Night Ultimate Alien as well, which is a bit different. But I would rather play Secret Hitler. I would rather play Triple Agent. I think they're just better designed games in general. I like that people are continuing to try to... Evolve the genre. Evolve it, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, in the same way that and this isn't a board game type, but we've talked about it a lot, in the same way that I hope people continue to think about how to make Battle Royale better. Yeah, sure. Because, like you've said a million times, like 
so many people want to play that type of There's game. There's a huge space yeah, for it. That yeah. people should be thinking, like, how do I make a better version of this? Yeah, you know, and we're, it's that genre is big enough that it can support multiple games in the same way that MOBA can support multiple games. You know, there's uh, Dota, League of Legends, and Smite. You know, probably... I don't. I think uh, LOL's bigger than Dota. Dota's still huge. Dota's bigger than Smite, but Smite still has a really like big audience, a good audience. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there are some smaller um, games like Awesome Nauts that still have an audience, and a few other other little mobas that are kind of just doing okay. There's space for more than one variant, and it's mm -hmm. really bad for a genre if there's only one game really in it. Totally. Not a fan of that. You know, I'm glad we like tactical shooters as well. We have CS:GO and Rainbow Six doing really well as well. Mm -hmm. Those are two very different flavors of the team-based, more tactical shooter. So, yeah, you're right. And, like, seeing H1Z1 evolving and being a lot better and looking much better, like, I want to try that game again now. Yeah. Because it was shank as fuck back in the day. I have a friend who's, um, I'm not going to name names or anything, but I have a, a friend who's part of a development company that's working on a Battle Royale game right now. And uh, there are so many of them coming out. Or so many that people are like starting to, yeah, like H1Z1 trying yeah. to make them even better. Mm -hmm. That every time that happens, they all sit down as a team and just play them. Like yeah. play them a ton so that they can say, what's good about this? Should we incorporate that into our game? And I think that that's going to be important too is like realizing what sort of changes are going on with the genre while developing so that you don't fall behind and make something that isn't really what people want anymore yeah because you know this genre is going to be evolving pretty quickly so it's entirely possible that we might end up where a game comes out and it's basically outdated by mm -hmm. that point you know you've got to provide either as good or different experience to what's already here and that's evolving pretty fast you know PUBG's patching every month Fortnite is patching seemingly every week h1z1's patching as well so you've got to come out with something it's like where does it go i mean theme there's still plenty of room for a different theme like post-apocalyptic sci-fi all that kind of stuff there's still good room i think for going first person because really we only have one first person battle royale game right now you know right. fortnite and h1z1 unless they've added first person h1z1 recently which i don't think they have uh only PUBG has that i would prefer to play first person over third person mm -hmm. i'm still enjoying fortnite but i would like to see another first person game sure and yeah, you could go full on medieval. You could do some melee stuff. There's a lot of potential there. Yeah. So I would like to see what's going on with that. I still think Necromunda, like the old 40k gang warfare one, would be <laughs> amazing for that as a potential kind of thing. An underground, like, just horrible dystopia. There's a lot of potential with that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. So cool, cool, cool stuff. And the vehicle-based stuff is kind of being done already with, like, GTA has that new vehicle battle royale mode. There's probably some room there to mm -hmm. do things with that. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It'll be cool one way or the other. You know, I welcome more battle royale games. I welcome them. For see sure. if we can find some better ones. Outside mm -hmm. um, of that, I played, like, 30 minutes of Destiny 2 this morning. <laughs> I hear it looks really nice on PC. Oh, it does. It runs well, too, even on my laptop. I was uh, happy with it. I want to play more of it later. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, so far, so good. I've obviously only just played part of the tutorial the shooting felt good though good. the weapons sound really really nice i don't know uh they put like mouse acceleration on by default i had to turn that off in the options they said something about auto aim i don't know if that applies to the mouse though yeah. like if they're going to give auto aim to people that use controllers i don't really mind that's mm -hmm. fine you can still be quicker with a keyboard and mouse regardless 
I don't know. If they have some form of auto-aim also on the mouse, I'm not so keen on that. But I didn't feel it. Uh, if it's there, I didn't really notice it all that much. Sure. So I guess it's fine. And yeah, it's, it feels pretty clean to me. I know that the people that I'm friends with who have played Destiny 2 since it came out on PlayStation... Um, have said that they've, for the most part, run out of things to they've do. Run things to do, yeah. I think the reason, I, this seems like the most obvious reason for that is that it would make no sense for them to start adding a bunch of stuff in for PlayStation users when PC users haven't even had a chance to touch it, right? So I yeah, feel I mean, like I they're going to still going to be ahead of us though in development for sure. But I, I think that overall they want pc users to have a chance to actually get into the game before some big like new content starts dropping i think it's also important to note that a lot of these guys that have sort of hit the wall of things to do in destiny 2 probably also played a bunch of destiny 1 mm -hmm. so they're viewing it as almost as a continuation of that so like pc user who hasn't played destiny at all may get a lot more out of destiny 2 sure. than they would for these guys who played two years of destiny 1 before this came out and then ran out of stuff really quickly maybe you know I, we might but ultimately, I actually don't really mind. Like, if I do the story and the story's cool and then I get to do a bit of PvP, some raids and all that kind of stuff, okay, if I run out of content, I'll just go play something else. Like, it's like, oh no, I played 100 hours and now I'm bored. Okay, go play a different video game then. Right. I'm fine with that. I don't, I don't want to be a thousand... I don't have to want to have to dedicate a thousand hours to a game. Like, I want to get a really cool experience mm -hmm. and then I'll leave it and go somewhere else and maybe come back when there's a major update. Right. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Uh, no problem with that at all. So I'm I'm relatively excited to play it after playing a bit of the tutorial and just how good the shooting felt and yeah. how well it runs, even on a fairly, you know, pretty old laptop. It runs smooth as fuck and it looks great. And the sound is so, so good. Uh, I will give credit to Bungie. You know, I've barely played any of their games because they've been so console focused. But holy hell, do they know how to make a gun sound good? Yeah. You know? So I am really interested to see what goes on with that. I think I picked the tank-like class. Can't remember what they're called. Um, but I know my special ability is like I kind of turn into a lightning bolt and sort of bounce around different things. And I found that pretty fun. We'll see how it goes with it. I do, didn't know which class to pick. So I'm like, well, it looks like this guy has a Gatling gun of some sort at some <laughs> point. Apparently it's called Titan or whatever. I like that. big Gatling guns. I like big guns, and I cannot lie. Mm -hmm. You other brothers can't deny. So That's I decided true. to pick it. And we'll see how that one goes. Cool. Uh, so that was fun. Um, I think if I play anything else, I uh, think uh, other than Warframe, you know, which we already talked about, that was yeah, kind of about it. I've just been playing more Fractured But Whole. Yeah, you, you seem like you're having a good amount of fun with that. That game has continued to be really fun. Good. Yeah, I I think it's really smart in the way it, it does the humor. Um, and I like that the longer that I play, the more strategic I have to be in fights. That's good. I, I think that that's such a huge difference from the last game. You actually... Yeah, it got really easy. You have to think about positioning like, uh, and stuff, which is really fun. Yeah, I'm happy about that because I like the whole uh, idea of like a light tactics kind of setup. The first one... It, you know, the little mini-games and button bashing was fun enough, but, like, the game got really easy by the end of it in terms of combat. Yeah. It was really easy to get colossally overpowered, and that just wasted a bunch of time. Mm -hmm. um, what I do want to play, RPG-wise, which I haven't yet, which is apparently a giant Euro jank fest, but looks neat anyways, Elix. 
game we talked a little bit about on the releases last week. Oh, which yeah. is a combination of like fantasy and sci-fi in one world by the guys that made Risen and Gothic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm hearing from a lot of people, particularly Ko. A-E, right? A-E-L-I-X? Uh, uh, E-L-E-X. Oh. Ko <laughs> was saying, yeah, it's jank as fuck in many ways, but it's really unique and awesome regardless. Cool. And you know what? I'm actually up for a good 6 out of 10 game. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Something that's like not too hyper-polished, but it's got some really cool, interesting ideas. Just a, a bad good game. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to give that a try. There's a lot coming out this week. You know, we've got Wolfenstein at the end of the week and Assassin's Creed, yeah. which I'm surprisingly interested in. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like they've really taken the formula and said we're going to do a good refresh on it. Good. You know? Fingers Although crossed. I did watch a video of the naval combat, and that still looks the same. But mm -hmm. you know what? The naval combat was pretty fun anyway. Yeah. And it's, it seems like it's more about ramming people and also throwing firebombs at them, because obviously it's Egypt, you didn't have cannons, you know? Sure. So that seems okay. But I'm just glad that it's not the same goddamn game again. Uh, so, so sick yeah. of it. So sick. <laughs> there, were too, there was just too much Assassin's Creed, and it was all the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, Mario Odyssey on its way as well. Mm -hmm. Not sure when that's... Is that Friday? A bunch of stuff going on Friday for this week for some reason. Yeah. That's strange. But yeah, I think that's about it in terms of games we've been playing this week. So mm -hmm. we're going to do a little bit of news. There's not a huge amount going on. Uh, I think the... One of the most dramatic things that's been happening this week is uh, NeoGAF is possibly dead in the water. Yeah. Uh, so the site went down a few days ago with pretty much no explanation, following accusations again against the owner of the site. This is hardly the first time this has happened as well, of sexual misconduct. Right. Uh, yeah, the guy put out a statement, uh, his name's Evil Law, like yesterday, apparently refusing to give up the reins of the site, which is a very, very stupid thing All to right. do. Uh, bear in mind, by the way, at one point, he was offered 10 million to sell NeoGAF. He turned it down. Big mistake, mate, by the sounds Big of it. Big fucking mistake, apparently. It is, let me put it this way. It is I very, mean, it's very hard to believe the guy after, because this is not the first ac accusation. I was just time about to say, like, big mistake, but also, like, I fucking hope you go to jail. But also, yeah. big mistake, not selling. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a lot of sympathy for him, let me put it that way, to say the least. The guy looks like he's getting anything that's coming to him. I think it's it's ludicrously stupid to try and keep the thing going because everyone of worth now doesn't want to be anywhere near that dumpster fire. Of course. Of course they don't because, you know, I, I mean, I am unhappy that it's been known for years. Like these allegations and stuff. In fact, there weren't even allegations. He literally bragged about posting revenge porn of somebody at one point. Yeah. And apparently Gaff was still entirely okay with having this guy run the site. And the moderators were okay with backing him up. I guess with the Weinstein thing recently, there's been a lot more awareness brought up for this kind of behavior. And good, should yeah. have happened way, way earlier. But It's incredible to me how much people are willing to sweep under the rug to like yeah. protect their current business situation. Yeah, and in particular with Gaff, there was a lot of nasty group thing going on in there you know it's a site the way yeah it's basically an invite only site mm -hmm. and a lot of people were banned for basically dissenting opinions like there, there was a disgusting situation a while ago where you know, really awesome looking indie game with the amazing graphic style the last night and there's a bit of like interesting political stuff going on in that game where supposedly it's based in a uh, sort of future dystopia where very leftist ideas have been taken to the extreme and things have kind of gone a bit wrong as a result, which I thought was kind of interesting because not a lot of fiction really tries that. Right. So I thought that's, that's an interesting premise. 
And they got that guy, the developer of that game, got absolutely shit on by NeoGAF in a huge way. Like it was basically an endorsed witch hunt because that thread was allowed to exist, it was allowed to grow, fester, and it was an organized harassment effort. It's really yeah. as simple as that. And NeoGAF not only tolerated it, but basically encouraged it. And the behavior that I've seen from that forum in many ways has been absolutely deplorable over the last few years. They have witch-hunted a lot of people. You know, they banned Boogie, for God's sake. How do you ban Boogie? What? How, how is it possible? I remember when that happened, and Boogie was like, I honestly have no idea what I did. How, but... how is it even possible to, to ban somebody like that? Uh, I've uh, of like the two sites that I think I've received the most directed harassment from. One is 4chan and the other one is NeoGAF. Mm -hmm. On one of those sites, I expect to be shitty. The other one is supposedly the central hub of the games industry. Right. I do not expect bullshit from them, but I have had plenty of it. So like to me, a site like NeoGAF, it should exist, but certainly not in the for that form. You know, it became a ideological echo chamber. It became a place where dissenting opinion was terrible and banned, literally. You know, they just banned people for it. Now it's become even worse because the guy apparently has one mod account and is just doing black box banning of pretty much everybody. No explanation, no accountability. But the site's down now, No, right? it's, it's back oh, it's up. Back he put up. it back oh. up because of, okay. uh, you know, and he, he pledged to continue with it. Anyone that sticks around on that site after this, I, you know, I can't take you seriously. Ultimately, the guy who's running it is, at best, a massive creep lord, at worst, a fucking criminal. So, no. Don't, yeah. maybe don't. I, yeah, it, it blows my mind in situations like that when you look into it and some of the first responses you see are people being like, well, where am I going to get my games news? Oh, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, there's nowhere else you can yeah, go where uh, a possible assailant is running the whole fucking thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, what? Yeah, but what about the insider games information? Like oh, fuck that. You know, they, they tolerated that shit. Like, very much, I don't have a huge amount of respect for the people that the rats that kind of left that sinking ship. You know, this was a known open secret for a long time. It wasn't even a secret. The guy had publicly admitted to horrendous shit earlier mm -hmm. and people tolerated it, yeah. you know? So good riddance, frankly, <laughs> to bad rubbish. I hope that everybody that posted there that is valuable to the industry and had some real insight goes somewhere else and uses that. Yeah. Because NeoGAF, you know, in its current form, clearly does not deserve to continue to exist. It's it's a horrible place that literally made the games industry worse by its presence mm -hmm. and resulted in harassment of a lot of people, uh, witch hunting and terrible behavior. So it can go to hell. Yeah, frankly. I'm I'm down with that site dying. Yep, ding dong, the witch <laughs> is dead. I'm cool with it. I'm entirely cool. Feel free with to that. die. Yep. Right outside of that, I'll have a quick look and see what else there was on the news. Not a huge amount. I know Blizzard added more social features. You can now gift people Hearthstone packs. Oh yeah, you the can BattleNet clients. You can make like a a group that isn't tied to one game now. Yeah. So like you can like say that you have a a group of friends that you typically play all of your Blizzard games with. Um, you can create a group inside of the client versus needing to like create the group individually in Diablo and in WoW and in whatever else. It doesn't surprise me. Like Blizzard has been really focused in many ways of getting people into their ecosystem, right? Oh yeah. Like where, oh you play 
It's Blizzard not about games. one game. It's about yeah. Blizzard Blizzard's games. Yeah. yeah. And they've done a lot of cross-promo for a long time as a direct result of that, and it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. So having those groups across games, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing. You know, yeah. I think a lot of us pl played a l pretty much all the Blizzard games and maybe still play one or two of them. Mm -hmm. So having this overall group, especially one, now they've brought Destiny 2 in, mm -hmm. and I wonder how much more they're going to be doing with that. Right. Maybe bring in other Activision properties. Mm -hmm. Then, yeah, you're creating a sort of social space that will work pretty well for that. So... I think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the more f social features that the Battle.net client has, the better. And especially with Real ID, there's a lot that you can do to communicate through that client. I'm just hoping it doesn't have... I mean, some people would probably find this really useful. Um, but I'm hoping it doesn't have some kind of a ping feature. Because as of right now, the the usefulness of like, oh, this person from your group is currently playing this game. That already happens with your friends list, yeah. right? Like, if I have the Blizzard client open, if I have Battle.net open, I will see, like, oh, Gmart's playing Diablo, yeah. right? Like, it'll tell me that. Um, so I'm hoping that the way that they utilize that isn't going to be something along the lines of, you started playing Diablo. Do you want to inform your group? Yeah, like, Do you want to ask obnoxious. your group yeah. to play with you? Well, the cool thing is they also have added the appear offline option. So I have a feeling they're that probably adding enough options in there to make sure that people are not annoyed so by other like, people's No. <laughs> yep. Don't, yep. don't want any of that. <laughs> yeah, leave me alone. Well, thankfully, there was now a leave me alone button. So right. that's good. Uh, I, I I think that's going to be quite useful. Mm -hmm. uh, most of us have the Battle.net client on for some reason or another. So mm -hmm. I might as well have a use it as a way to contact people. Uh, let's see. Outside of that, yep. well, Battleborn's last update happened. Goodbye, I guess. Bye, bye Battleborn. Yeah. I'm still kind of sad about that. But yeah. that could not have been botched any harder. Yeah. This Had a lot of good shit. I executed poorly. Terribly launched, badly executed, yeah. marketed awfully, and Randy Pitchford doesn't know when to shut up. <laughs> Simple answers. It's just a, you know. <laughs> he, he's a PR disaster for those guys. I wish he'd stop. All right. I think that pretty much wraps us up outside yeah. of the release list. So we'll be having a little look at some of the releases. We have trolled through a little bit and found a few things. Don't mm -hmm. expect it to be particularly... We're massive not going this super week. In depth this yeah, week. we kind of had to die this week. We're like, ah, oh, we know this is good. Yeah, pretty much. So, of course, Destiny 2 coming out is out today, as of a few hours ago. Mm -hmm. Available on the Battle.net client for exclusively on the Battle.net client, actually for PC. Right. Uh, Hidden Agenda also, I believe, came out yesterday, possibly. That was okay. a download-only game from the guys that made Until Dawn. Right. Really interested in playing that because it has some weird sort of competitive co-op hidden agenda kind of features as you'd expect it's called hidden agenda right so i think uh, You're that in would group, be but are you yeah if we yeah. can maybe like get a few people to sit down from the playstation tomorrow and give that a run that probably mm -hmm. it's like a couple of hours of kind of fmv style game yeah, yeah. i'd be really interested to see how that works mm. i still don't fully understand it because i was afraid of watching a video with spoilers in it sure so i want to give it a try though uh yesterday we had the release of high hell as well which was the joke the uh, game Good that game i talked right about yesterday bigger fps speed running monkey saving money burning jump off the roof game right sure devolver great it's devolver we know how it goes as of october the 25th there was a pretty cool thing that i found here called a rogue quest the vault of the lost tyrant mm -hmm. which is a really neat looking game it you was already have the tab open yeah i do indeed yeah so we're yeah. not showing all these on screen at the minute because we don't have all our crazy right. overlays and setup uh from yeah rogue from quest looks cool yep it looks pretty neat it's got the very old sort of lucasarts style of graphics mm -hmm. And some interesting puzzle solving and all that sort of thing. So I was kind of into that. 
There's an interesting looking traditional roguelike called Xenomarine, which is currently in early access, coming out on the same day. And I like the idea of sci-fi roguelikes. I really enjoyed Sword of the Stars of the Pit, mm -hmm. so maybe that game could be good as well. And there was also a follow-up to a game that I quite enjoyed called Battle Void, and this is Battle Void Sector Siege, which is big spaceship battles and all sorts of things like that and you know i like that stuff so big sort of top-down capital ship battles and crazy stuff so yeah i will definitely look into that because the release they did on pc was pretty cool mm -hmm. uh, let's see i don't think there was really anything else on the 25th that really caught any of our eyes not really anything on the 26th either yeah i think 27th is the big one because of course we have wolfenstein 2 the new colossus uh, nice thing about wolfenstein 2 by the way is we're supposed to be getting review codes for that today oh which actually means bethesda has backed off their 24-hour review code strategy which is good because they uh, gave us evil within a few days early yeah and we're actually going to get a bit of time to check this out i have no doubt wolfie's going to be good but it would it's nice to be able to check that out beforehand mm -hmm. and of course assassin's creed origins is on that day as well and i believe even though for some reason it's not on the damn release list the new mario game is, is out it? this i think it is in the 27th i'm almost god that would make a lot of sense sure. because yeah, so many people are like i need to finish all my games before mario odyssey comes out yeah mario odyssey october uh, yep october 27th release date for that i haven't yep. played a proper mario game in a very very long time mm -hmm. Uh, so I am intrigued to give this a shot. Every time we have somebody on the show or every time we know somebody who's touched that game, they're like, what a delightful Mario game. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of happy to give really that a good. try. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of that, I didn't really see anything else that looked particularly interesting on the list, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. But it's not like you're lacking games this week. There's sure. a lot of stuff to play. So that is probably for the best. Mm -hmm. We're pretty much done, folks. Thank you very much for watching the just an impromptu two-person podcast from the Duger Bunker or whatever. Call it that. Somebody called it the Duger Citadel, and the I Duger think that, Citadel. So that sounds okay. a little too intense, maybe. Yeah. Duger Bunker sounds my speed. Yeah, you know, little, little underground, keep away from people sort of place. Yeah, you know, I'll yeah. I'll be fine with that. Mm -hmm. Nice anti-social space away from the burning heat of outside, of which there is quite oh, a lot of God. right now. I'm so glad that we had the AC rerouted into my room before this heat wave happened. Always a good idea. Uh, but that's us pretty much done. Thank you very much for watching the Co-Optional Podcast. And of course, big thanks to our sponsor, Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% of your first order and a free trial. We'll be back next week with... I don't know if Jesse's back, but we will have a full crew regardless. We'll figure it out one way or the other. Yeah. We'll, of course, be back from BlizzCon. We'll have a lot of stuff to talk about from mm. there. And everything that you would expect from a usual show. So usual setup all that kind of thing rather than us just sitting in the office with a little thing at the bottom of the screen which is fine i'm glad you all tuned in for it anyway hopefully you found that entertaining indeed and if you missed the co-optional lounge we are currently trying our best to get that up on youtube but oh my god yeah watch it if you get the chance yeah if you go to twitch.tv slash twitch presents it's in the day three big like five hour vod about two and a half hours in so go check that out. It will be up on YouTube when we can. We're literally having to film the thing again mm. from Twitch in order to put it up, which is a giant pain in the ass. But we'll manage it eventually. Thank you very much for watching the show, folks, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.